you're listening to the Google Ads Podcast, brought to you by Solutions 8, the Google Ads agency. So, so we're going to talk about PMAX. used to be like, it was oh. the savior of all things, and light at the end Man. of the tunnel, and we were so excited about it. And now you're more jaded than I am with PMAX. <laughs> I've been I've been burned. I'm like, how did I lose like one percent of my revenue? Like something got a little bit messed up here. And so that's that's what we're gonna be talking about today is how to set it up to limit any sort of over attribution and get it to a really diverse campaign. Welcome to the Ultimate Guide for Google Ads, part five. Cinco. That's Peanut. a lot. Yeah, that's a lot of parts. Sorry. Yeah, you know what's funny, dude, is we used to do all these as one video. <laughs> I know. For people who've been longtime watchers of the channel, and it just got too complex. It was like, well, it's like just rapid fire. Curriculum. Yeah. yeah. It's so, like when you're running a brand campaign, always use manual CPC and go over to the top place, but don't overspend. It's like, <laughs> and what? Oh, yeah. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah. It just became uh, it so fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're really good do. at that, dude. You, you missed your, you could have been an auctioneer or you could have been a, what are they, a four step caller? You know what's really funny about that? If you Google John Moran, there's an auction house named John Moran. I, that's no why I couldn't get that URL. But yeah, it was actually, there's an auctioneer called John Moran. I'm like, oh, it's probably like a long lost cousin. I'm going to ask my dad if he has like any, you know, long lost brothers or some of that. Like maybe he had like half a medallion somewhere and he's just going to find the person with the other half a medallion. And yeah, and then we're going to link up his long lost brothers. And that's what I found by my cousin. I love the um, turn this video has taken. Like all right. of a sudden it's a <laughs> Nicolas Cage movie. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. steal the Declaration of Independence. That's why you're so good at Google Ads. Your auctioneering's in your blood. That and ADD. Yeah. <laughs> and energy drinks. All right. PMAX. Cool. Yeah, so, so we're going to talk about PMAX. What used to be like, it was oh. the savior of all things and light at the end Man. of the tunnel and we were so excited about it. And now you're 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 more jaded than I am with PMAX. <laughs> I've, been, I've been burned, yeah. you know? Like, I yeah. still like it. I like, you know what? I don't know why I like <laughs> PMAX. It's because setting up PMAX is like setting up a Facebook campaign. Like it's so easy. You know what I mean? It's just like, oh, you just, you just follow the yellow brick road. Right. And it always so, shows good row eyes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and funny. no matter what, it always looks good. So. Right. Yep, exactly. And that's where I've been burned by it so much too. Because it's all of a sudden, like when you start to try to make it do something, that's when you get, that's when you kind of see, oh, that's what was going on. What I mean by that is sometimes you want to scale. And then it's like, okay, it's scaling. But then you check like overall mer and it just goes down. Like I'm, I'm looking at campaigns are like 20% better than 30% better than 40% better. And I look at analytics. I'm like, how did I lose like 1% of my revenue? Like something, something got a little bit messed up here. Mm. And so what we found too, oh, that happens sometimes too often, but also what is the best feature of the campaign is it will hunt for any conversions it possibly can, even if it didn't originate with them. And that's where we started to see things go a little haywire. You're just going to cannibalize everything you're doing if there's not easy right. conversions to capture. Yeah. So you start to crank it up and Google will spend that money and then it will earn a remarketing click somewhere. And then it will show that it had ROAS on that sale. Like let's say two, three, four X doesn't really matter. It was a returning user from organic, you know? And so that's when it's like, did we really do anything? Not really. Mm -hmm. So when you try to scale, it will attribute more sales to itself but how is it attributing more sales to itself is where it either is getting good non-brand cold traffic that can scale and it's rightfully earning itself those conversions or is it sort of cannibalizing other 
channels like direct channel or your organic or your email. So it starts to over attribute itself to itself a little bit. And that's where things can go wrong, especially if you have a lot of good brand recognition and you're not necessarily wanting to max out the brand, it will start to capture that. Or if you have people that are coming in from Facebook or Instagram or organic, it doesn't matter wherever they're originally coming from, it will remark it and it will show and add to it. And the bad part about Pmax too is because it can have an engaged view conversion and it will make YouTube videos by default. It doesn't even need to earn a click to reattribute or to attribute conversions to itself. And that's where it gets a little bit screwy is because you can have a person that's getting ready to convert. And as long as they see a YouTube ad in by default, three days of converting, Pmax will say, yep, I got someone. So that's where things get a little bit haywire is it, it can over attribute itself too much. Flip the coin for us because we're mm -hmm. teaching people how to build this thing. And so like yeah. right now, everybody's like, well, I'm going to stop watching this video and go watch how to build <laughs> Facebook again. Like when it works, yeah. it's amazing. Right. These are the, the pitfalls, but where it works is it's unbelievable. And it will it will be everywhere. It will be on search, on shopping, on YouTube, on GSP, on Discover, on display. It'll do fantastic remarketing. It can show up just like a DSA campaign for all your search categories. And it will give you good non-brand top placement in shopping. And it, it works extremely well. What we're going to be talking about today is how to set it up to limit any sort of over-attribution and get it to a really diverse campaign and some of the learning lessons that we learned over this last year because we found out that oh you know doing it one way is way worse than doing it the other way or oh that's actually how asset groups work our signals are actually a lot less a lot weaker than we thought um, mm. all the little tips and tricks that we found out about how to build an account to a high degree of scalable non-brand cold traffic and that's what we're going to be doing today and that's the kind of the reasons why we found out how this works it's pretty cool I'm excited. All right. So let's dive in because I have an account that we can share. I had Tom Breeze audit our YouTube account, by the way, and mm -hmm. he looked at all of our videos and he found the inflection point where the views go up and it's right when you start sharing your screen. Swear to God. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah, That and this is crazy, but we get more views uh, if for my videos anyway when my hair's down. <laughs> not kidding tom's like yeah so he's like when you share your screen and when your hair's down not up and i'm like that's the strangest thing i've ever heard but okay <laughs> so i just share my screen your hair is down look at that We're... bro i know this is like <laughs> this is the john wick of solutions 8 videos oh, oh man here we go <laughs> you kind of look like john wick too which is pretty funny you're like that's you know, the nicest thing you've ever said to me <laughs> with you every uh share with you just last 30 days of performance to so that we're you know Knowing that it's working well, nineteen thousand in cost, eighty-two thousand in conversion value. So it's it's getting a really good return. It's a little bit a little bit above a four. So when we're looking at the asset groups, we built out fifty-nine different asset groups. Most will build out most companies I've seen. The very large company I just audited recently had one, and it was a it was a public every, every Pmax audit I do, every Pmax audit I do, is yeah. one asset group. Sometimes three. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the crazy it, overachievers. And then it's, there's three, and then at least one's paused. <laughs> <laughs> well, all the products are always disabled. Right. That's the other thing that I don't understand. Yeah. Like, why is Pmax? Is it more difficult to check or see disabled products instead of Pmax? Uh, no. What's interesting? There's actually some really advanced strategies on why you would disable a products, and one of them is actually if you want to run a standard shopping campaign in addition to it, which we'll talk about. That actually works really well because this campaign will still display remarkets and will still capture everywhere else, but will not cannibalize your remarketing only. Um, yeah. So the, the smart shopping hack, basically, the problem is when I'm auditing these accounts, I don't think that's what they're doing. I don't think that's. <laughs> <what they're doing. laughs> yes. I can't tell why they're doing it wrong. Right. 
<laughs> I can tell you why I do it wrong so bad. <laughs> so here's what's cool is there's 59 different asset groups. This is important. What we found out is that Google will take a sum total of all of the impressions and evenly distribute them throughout the asset groups, sort of regardless of signal. And so it gets a little bit, it, it's a very interesting thought process because what happens is if you have 100,000 impressions in a week and you have one asset group, that one asset group will get all 100,000 impressions. If you have two asset groups, each one gets about 50, 50-ish. Like one might get 40, one might get 60. But then if you have three asset groups, each one will get 30 three-ish, 33,000. So it kind of evenly distributes them. It's odd because it makes sense because they, the campaigns can go broad. Like they, they can search for pretty much anything that's around your products or service or site, whatever it may, may be. And it doesn't necessarily need to be stuck to an asset group. And that's the part where I think things get a little bit haywire when people build these out because they think, okay. But what it looks like here is this is typically what we see if I have this button down asset group here and people say, aha, the interest in demo, perfect. So people that are interested in men's shorts are only going to go to the the button down. Obviously, it's, it's not. That's why it's set up this way. But that's what people think. They think whatever they put in the signal, that's going to go inside of this asset group. It's It's completely false. So this signal actually does very, very, very little. That's what we found out. The signal is sort of like a... I think it was sort of put there just to give the people feeling that, okay, at least I'm sending it off in the right direction. It really doesn't work that way at all. Your site's data and your product feed, if it's e-commerce, is 10 times more powerful than what that signal says there. Mm. So what's interesting is we started to kind of just group these signals together and then diversify them with ad copy. So what happens is you'll see I have an interest in demo and it says men's shorts, men's apparel. There's six more here, but this is going to a button down because yes, there's people interested in men's apparel, easy. And if we see another interest in demo, we see like men's short, men's apparel, this is going to the polo. So what we found is that the interest just doesn't need to be your audience. It needs to not be your own data. It needs to be something that is categorically around the type of product that you're trying to sell, but then you're using your ads to differentiate the traffic. You're very rarely going to get a person that's looking for shorts and then click on shoes and then go and buy shorts. It does happen, but not as much, not as often. So your ad copy is doing the heavy lifting on directing the users to the areas that need where they need to go. It's not the signal that's bringing in the user. The signal is coming in. But if someone's looking for shorts, the asset groups listing group will say, here's my shorts. And the shorts, because that data in the feed matches up to the search term, will naturally show this asset group as the asset group that needs to be shown. And then people are coming in. So it's very, very strange. It's almost like running a standard shopping and a DSA campaign together. And this audience signal is almost like an observation. It really doesn't make too much of a difference in the audience signal. What's do you nice think about that'll it? change long-term, John, or do you think that's the way that PMAX is built? I think that's the way that PMAX is built. I think that because things can go so broad, I will get a men's polo if I go after the broad keyword of men's apparel. Hmm. Here's why I'm asking, because yeah. uh, Google, for, you know, Federated Learning Cohorts, Flock, uh -huh. which they say they've deprecated, and I don't believe. And now what is it called? 
Topics API. Topics API. So I think Flock is just the Topics API is window dressing for Flock. Regardless, it would make a lot of sense to me that Topics API becomes the audience targeting. And if they really invest heavily into Topics API, then PMAX starts to kind of veer in that direction. Yeah. I think that's kind of like what's going on here. If you think about it, your flock, your flock of people, essentially, or your topics API of these people have these three cookies for these three weeks. One of those cookies is going to be like, well, it's he was looking at socks. Well, that's men's apparel. Perfect. That's an interest of men's apparel. Well, men's apparel on a men's apparel company. How many asset groups does that match? You see 59, 48, mm. 50, 50, 44. There's so over broad match for interests. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. It's like a broad match for, match for interest. And so they overlap so much, but you let the person dictate their own path. And that's where you'll see, like, for example, I have this one, the Grateful Dead golf shirt. Well, if I go into the Grateful Dead golf shirt that had 44 asset groups, that's going into button down, polo, and all products. And by all products, one, <laughs> they chose what they wanted based on the ad that they saw or the product that they clicked on. So this is more just suggestive targeting. And how do I describe this? Like a, just a, a big wall of ads. And then people are like, well, that's what I'm interested in. Okay. Was that from the signal? No, the signal mm. didn't do much. The signal was yes. This is a male apparel interested user. Now choose 2000 SKUs. And so that's, what's crazy is the way that you can really help win non-brand cold traffic inside of performance max is very, very well diversification of your asset groups. When you shove everything into one, the learning algorithm basically just is a, is a, you know, it's a stupid machine when you're talking about recognition of what a user would, or what the owner of the ads campaign would want. All they know is this word does good. Fine. That's good. But when this word does good and it's your brand, why? Mm. Well, it didn't really test much else. Why? Well, it had five pictures and all of your products. So people that are Googling your brand always click on one of your products and always converts. So it's just going to have you do that all the time. It's not diversifying the signals, which I know sounds stupid, but the more signals you can put in there, the better that it will go. But you really need to diversify your asset groups. Most people will say, well, you don't want to diversify your asset groups too much. I would agree. I think that it's solely dependent upon your ad spend. If you look, we have a $500 day budget, which is not a small budget. It's a healthy budget, more than enough for 59 asset groups. When you look inside of, well, I don't know why that does that. If you look at the all of my asset groups here, like there's activity in each one of these. You know, it's not necessarily saying like, oh, there's only this fish vest. Yeah, I didn't really get much activity, but that's really not a popular product. But yeah, I would say that this is the last 30 day period. There's more than enough to identify kind of what is my top performing products and why. So I do see that around. It looks to be for some reason, the chatter on the interwebs is going more towards like reducing down your asset groups. I still say, don't do that. I still say that you should have quite a few, the more, the better. Uh, you're all reduced down your asset groups. Where have you heard a few that? people on LinkedIn. Um, really? Yeah. I follow some people and just like, Hey, less asset groups, the better having too many takes too long. There might be some use oh, cases. Oh, that's what it that. is. It's a bunch of low spend. That's what I'm saying. I think spend dictates. That's yeah. what we should be telling everyone. It's like how many asset groups? Well, how, I mean, I'm not going to put. 50, yeah, I'm not going to put 59, 59 asset groups for twenty dollars a day. Right. <laughs> then yeah, that makes sense. I won't have enough ad spend to fill up the activity for all those products. So what we really should be telling people is the depending upon the level of spend. That's what's going to dictate how many asset groups you have. More asset groups you have, the higher spend you're going to need. You can break them out into separate campaigns 
it's hit or miss. It is completely hit or miss. And it's out of everyone's control. And I will fight people over that, that topic. Mm -hmm. Reason being is that you're going to have people that will visit multiple times. And so when you visit multiple times, they're going to jump between PMAXs. So where it started and where it ended, if you don't care, that's okay. But for example, if I pull up into this PMAX campaign, because we're going to kind of jump into the brand issues. If I jump into this campaign here, you'll see I have two PMAXs, PMAX for women's and PMAX for men's products primarily. The problem is, though, is I did make $3,400 last week on my brand campaign that I can't tell you where they started. Mm. They could have started in women's. They could have come back inside of the Section 119 brand, clicked on a brand search ad, and bought a women's apparel. And now this campaign here says I sold more men's apparel. That's not true. So just know that there is going to be overlap post first click between the PMAX campaigns. And if you have a PMAX campaign that is trying to sell a product and it's showing up for more generic search terms, it's not really like a standard search campaign. Like they didn't search for something and click on that problem or product. That's something I think a standard search campaign would be better if you need to make a push on a specific group of items. PMAX is just kind of whatever sells, sells. And it will do it very well. Just know that you have less control over it. So multiple PMAX, I'm using it so I can have the spend dedicated to getting the product awareness, but whatever sells, sells. So that's why I'm splitting mine out. It's like, I know I have X amount of dollars pushing men's products. I have X amount of dollars pushing women's products. That's all I care about. I just need both of them have exposure. If they're going to jump back and forth and sell. I don't look to see how is men's performing, how is women's performing. I look I look at analytics for that if I wanted to, or look in the back end of Shopify, but I'm not going to use Google ads to dictate how, or to dictate my understanding of, is this product doing better or not? So just know that they're going to jump back and forth. With the brand showing up in PMAX, because it is going to cannibalize the return traffic between the two of them, that makes it a little bit more difficult. What you can do to mitigate that is to run your own brand campaign. And when you run your own brand campaign on search, in addition to PMAX, you do help pull that out. What I mean by that is you'll see this brand campaign here last 30 days. I spent 85 bucks. So $85 total made almost $14,000 in sales. So this campaign here, because I have nine cent cost per click and my cost per conversion is pretty much like, like 18 or like it's like 80 cents, something ridiculously cheap. I'm taking this 14,000 out of this PMAX campaign here that would have captured it. It would have shown up for it because I have another campaign that's doing better than my brand campaign or than my branded search inside of PMAX. My PMAX is then more free to use that total daily ad spend on, you'll see one brand here, one brand here, everything else when you start descending by conversion value is all non-brand except for like here, which that could have been a non-brand. They were just return traffic. But this is just last seven days, by the way. Like it's it's really nice and clean. Yeah, I think you had a question about the categories, right? The, the you just groups. mentioned earlier the importance of categorization. And then when you started talking about cross-pollination of asset groups, it made me think about number one, if people are going to segment categorically, they're actually not going to be able to see that it's successful. Mm -hmm. So, and that's probably why everybody's going back towards, oh, everything in one asset group, because even though it's helping, they can't see that it's helping because like no per asset group attribution. And so they think like, oh, just put it all into one where it does help, but you can't see that. So that's just a comment. Actually, a question. You agree with that or not? No, I would. I agree that the lack of visibility usually makes people just throw their hands in the air and say, well, I guess we'll just put it all back into one. And I would say that's that's a reaction to the unknown that I think is not a fair assessment. Not from what people who purchase products online, their purchase habits I think we can get a little bit smarter with our segmentation. I'll share with you what I mean. 
inside of these asset groups, because I've grouped them categorically, I'm actually capitalizing on a normal human's buying process in order to replicate that same buying process at scale. When you're looking for board shorts, for example, very rarely do you look at a board short section on a website and then say, well, I'm buying the bow tie. You know, it doesn't happen. You're going to buy board shorts. It just may not be the exact board short that you clicked on from the ad. You may find a different one. So the what I'm doing here is I'm essentially trying to bring Google to the forefront of finding repeat traffic the way that they purchase. So people that are looking for polos, 80% of the time buy polos. People that look for board shorts, 80% of the time buy board shorts. People that are looking for Henleys or sweaters, most of the time they're purchasing within that. So what's nice is when I look at, instead of this PMAX campaign here, I can look at the insights and I should be able to see something like this. If I look for a golf shirt and then I click on the 44 golf shirt and then they bought a polo, that's a golf shirt. Essentially, that's the same of the button downs. So there is all products here. They may have bought a, a polo or essentially a button down from here. Okay, so let's look at like hat. Did they buy hats? So they bought a zip up and converted the all products board shorts. They bought everything here. That didn't happen at all. Okay, so we got to look at the next thing here. Grandpa, oh, I'm that sorry, bu- that didn't happen at all. What do you mean? Oh, they didn't buy any hats. The asset group did not serve for any hats. They bought a bunch of other products. Within the hat asset group, they bought everything but hats. Yep. And then we see grateful that button down shirt here. This one, what did they buy? Do the conversion value. Uh, fish robes. Oh, what yep. is a fish robe? It's a robe. It's a big, yeah, it's a, it's a big robe. So they I must have one. <laughs> right. <laughs> they bought a button down shirt and then they also bought a fish robe. And you know what's funny is this actually wasn't a fish robe. Fish robes are $400. They bought a button down shirt. They just, they probably came in through search. So mm. here's what's crazy though is a twenty nine dollars. That's Whoa, our. Button. You just blew my mind for a second. I never even thought about that. Huh. Search attribution is based off of the phrase "clicked." Yeah, but if you take that and carry it into Pmax, it means that asset group attribution is going to be variable based off of the channel they came in on. Yeah. Oh, that's a nightmare. It is. So that's why when you group things categorically, at least I can show the listing group that's proper. So here's what's funny: is that twenty nine dollars is going to go into all products. What do they click on? A search or a shopping ad? Not sure, but I know they bought a button-down shirt. Fish robes. I know they didn't buy a robe. It's the button-down shirt price. And then they have the button-down. Then they would probably click on a button-down shopping ad. So when I go, watch this. If I search for Grateful Dead button-down shirt, I see my ad here, 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 and here. What am I clicking on? Well, this one right here, what asset group in PMAX was that? Mm. No idea. Whatever asset group is working well. Okay. But I also see that my button down shirts here are top dead and center. This is coming from my button down asset group. I know that for sure. So what I'm telling Google is people that Google these usually you only at- know that because we're running PMAX and not standard shopping. Say that again. You only know that because we're running PMAX and not standard shopping. If we were running PMAX and standard shopping, couldn't that also just be a standard shopping ad? Yes, but my listing group only has my button-down shirts turned on in those asset groups. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm old. That's what's nice. And if I go into my asset groups here and I look at like my board shorts and I look at my listing groups, these here are all my board shorts. Dude, this is a, PMAX is a data nightmare. It is. There's no consistency in terms of traffic acquisition. 
No, it isn't. But what's nice, I can set it up for success that as long as Google sees that people that are doing something over here most often do something over here, which is when they search grab that button down shirts, they always buy the button down shirts inside this asset group. So now when people are going to be Googling button down shirts, hopefully the listing group that has the button down is going to show the shopping app, but also the search ad. So I can try to make sure that it's most often from the first time click legitimate. The bad part is, is then you're going to do this. People are going to come back and search the brand name. And now I have no idea. Is this all products? Sure. Is this, you know, the robe? Sure. Is it a bomber jacket? Yeah. Did anybody buy a bomber jacket? No, they Google's they clicked on this ad here and then they they went wherever they wanted to after that they're like oh that's not what i wanted i was looking for men's tops and now nothing in google makes sense anymore inside of the google ads dashboard it's a complete nightmare you cannot track a return user yeah well and if you think about your own buying experience dude i don't remember the last time i clicked on an ad and bought right then and there never do it's always click and return click and research click and look click and google yeah that's why landing pages don't work or squeeze pages, I should say. Mm. If you look at the last seven days, half of my conversions came from more than two ad clicks. So PMAX is halfway right. That's well, why and it's the like- half that came from one ad click are just things that couldn't have been tracked because it's probably multiple ad clicks. Right, right. And then what's funny is after half of my data inside of PMAX is incorrect, then you have to look at the other area here, which is the conversion lag and know that, oh yeah, by the way, it also takes 18 days to get a user to convert. So it's not half had two, half had more than two. So we had, a, and then the people that had usually one, that's going to be your branded, <laughs> right. which means that they probably had 30 and now we've just lost tracking for them. Yeah. Or they've been visiting you 18 times on Facebook and now they're ready to buy. So they go with the brand name, click once and buy once. So this is a nightmare. <laughs> so what I, what I can say though, is what is some takeaways from this though? What can you control? You can control the amount of ad spend that are being shown to the products that you want to make the most aware. That's something that we know is a constant, is a truth. We know that if we take all of our asset groups and we well diversify them and we give them signals that are halfway relevant, we don't use our data too much. You can use your data, that's okay. If, if you have a really good LTV or you want those return users and you're okay with paying for those return users, that's okay. But just know that this is going to capture a little bit more than potentially what you may want. And so I'm gonna give you a little kind of a status update behind the scenes. Here's what's crazy, is in the back end of things, you're gonna see this. See, last 30 days, we spent 19,082. We have a ROAS of 436. Good. This looks great. When you hop into PMAX here, majority of the time is good non-brand cold traffic. Good. Everything looks great. It's not that great in the back end. It's good. But here's what we have to always just be aware of. And I'm okay with this because it's helping us gather an LTV. What I'm okay with is what I'm going to share with you now is how much new and returning users is there in that 436 ROAS. No matter how you set up PMAX, this will happen. Sometimes you definitely don't want this to happen. Sometimes you're absolutely okay with it happening, having the return traffic. So this is the back end I'm using Nordbeam just to share with you this data here. Last 28 days, Performance Max, I have a 2.4 ROAS on new traffic. And I have a 3.48 on returning. Can I just pause you to remind yep. the viewer, Google reported what, a 480? 
Google reported, yeah, it's it's actually in the last 30. I'm comparing the last 30 to the last 28. So right, it's going to be. Google's, I just wanted apples to apples. Yeah, so let's do this. That's the 16th to when the 12th. I say to remind the viewer, I mean to remind myself. <laughs> <laughs> so 16th to the 12th is showing a 462. Four okay. Yep. And actually, if I just combine this here, Performance Max is actually getting a 589. Wow. So it's getting a little bit better than what Google's showing. This is the ROAS on that PMAX campaign. So we spent 17, actually made 101, and Google says we spent 17 to make 80. So it's missing attribution. Google's just horrible at attribution, by the way. You can it's see there's worse. There's 20 grand missing. So, but all right. So let's just say that's okay. So we're going to miss some attribution. Dude, However, not, it, I, I want to say that yeah. differently. Yeah. I know there's 20 grand. There's 20% missing. 20%. Like right. that 20 grand is, you know, depending on your spend, it's like, oh, like margin vary, whatever. But like 20% of your gross sales, like, holy crap, that's insane. I know. It's huge. And yeah. what's funny too is like, it's, this is where a lot of times people will have a disagreement where it's like a vendor client things are looking good on one side or things are looking bad on the other side, but people are not really jiving because it's like, now it's Google versus Shopify. Like Google says it's good. Shopify says it's doing bad. And it's like, well, I don't really care what your Shopify, well, I don't really care what your, it, it, attribution is getting worse and worse and worse. And it's causing more and more headaches for a lot of people. And then, but that's where Pmax actually starts to get a little bit dangerous. It does. It gets real dangerous. Why? Well, with the loss of attribution, attribution comes when there's more recent activity that it can track in a short time period. What is that? Return traffic brand. Google's going to save its own ROAS however it wants to. There's only two buttons that you can press inside of Pmax. Maximize conversions, maximize conversion value. There is no bring me more non-brand cold traffic or give me a good top placement or give me the best impression. Sure, it is how find sales however you possibly can. And if Google says, well, that's not brand gold traffic, I don't see sales. Why? Well, it's probably too long. They change devices. They come back directly and Google misses it. How do you save your own ROAS, Google? Go after the warmer audiences. And that's what we see. So I'll share with you here because this is what is actually happening. So our PMAX campaign, we know we spent 17 grand. We only made, or not only, but it's good. We made 41,000 on first time sales. Good. That's a 2.4 ROAS on first time sales. What does this client need? What's Still their good. goal? Uh, they want to be above four. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's $40 cost per acquired new customer. Good. The problem though is on the other side, that's for, sorry, 423 first time sales this month. Good stuff. Now what? Google's still taking credit for though is the sixty thousand dollars in second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth time sales. So I made an additional sixty grand that I just the campaign woke up today and said, "Oh, I'm sixty k positive already." Don't try too hard. You already made sixty grand. And what Why doesn't going into Performance Max and saying new customers only fix this? We've done this many, many times. I'll I can share a few case studies if we wanted to. I have to use a very, very, very large client that I can't share publicly. Yeah, you can just give us the sound. Yeah. Button. So what what ended up happening is we uploaded millions of customers. We turned on new customer only. The campaign traffic dropped by sixty percent, and Google said, "Yeah, that's fine. It's only going after the new." You did have a lot of returning in there. Ran it for four days, and we found out that our divisional split between new and returning was just halved, but they didn't skew one way or the other. What should have happened is like 50 new, 50 returning. It should have just been like 50 new. It went from 50 new, 50 returning to 25 new, 25 returning. It just simply reduced. Did a match error? It couldn't match the customer list? I don't know. I've tried it four times in four different client accounts. Same thing happened every single time. 
I actually have right now a campaign inside of Google where I have excluded 4.1 million customers and Google says it's working. And Google says, because I've excluded those as much as I can, there's some campaigns I only do 90% negative because it won't let me do 100% because it's just not possible inside of standard shopping. But it said last week, I only had eight returning customers. And then the back end of the client's website, I had about 900 returning customers. So Google says you upload your customer list, you negated it out and it's working. And then you check the actual data and it doesn't work at all. I had a one week period before and after where the week after I added all those customers and negated them, I actually got a little bit more returning customers. <laughs> so we actually, it's an open ticket with Google right now. Open so we'll see <laughs> I know, I know it's an open ticket, but that's what's so funny too. This is the part in the sitcom where you like, where you flash to their support ticket queue and it's just like some idiot sitting there with a paddle ball, like just does not care. It's like monkeys with typewriters, like, ah! <laughs> like papers flying around, monkeys jumping around. Yeah, it's like, it's getting fixed. We're looking into it now. Yeah. So, but that's, here's what's crazy though. Is that, so I got 60K in returning. I made a 3.48 on my returning already. My cost per returning customer still cost me $26. And then I had 660 returning. So Google said, Hey, I'm getting 400 new, 600 returning. So that's the danger. Try to scale this. Yeah. You just buy all your own customers back. Right. Let me ask you this. At a certain point, especially given, you know, the market size for this particular prospect, for instance, is is narrower than your average apparel brand because they have right. to like specific bands. Yep. If you scale past Google's ability to saturate your current customer list, would it then default back to cold traffic? You think you could outrun yeah. it? I, you can. It just takes a long time. And actually- and it's expensive. Yeah. And actually, sometimes you want this. Like, this is still profit. I mean, that right. cash is coming in. That's okay. Yeah, well, I mean, dude, there's some brands that actually have a difficult time recapturing their return customers. You know, if you're in a hyper competitive space, consumable Absolutely. specifically, like this would make a lot of sense. For this particular brand, though, you're like, eh, I probably would have got most of those. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. This we're like, we're pretty much the only ones in this space. Like, yeah. in a really high, there's a couple little knockoffs, but they're, I mean, they're really horrible. So we own this space. We're the household brand in there. Mm. Because of this issue, though, this particular client, we're moving into standard shopping next week. We're moving out of PMAX as mm. we're going to see how this works. And so that was interesting is PMAX, it's, it's good and it's bad. This is not a bad scenario. I can run this. I haven't. I haven't running this forever. Uh, and it works really, really well. Like if I look at this performance max here, if I look at all time, I mean, not forever. I only started whenever first quarter 2022 came out. Um, so I've been running it for, you know, over a year or yeah. about a year and it's working great. I I just am stuck. I guess I would say I am stuck here. You'll see this. Like I can't ever scale out of this. Like I, I've hit a ceiling. Though, is if you're not, a, I'm not thinking about Google ad managers right now. I'm thinking about clients. Like if you're a person who owns an e-commerce store, your Google ad team could be saying, yeah, 500 ROAS. Look, you're welcome. Mm -hmm. And it'd be really hard for you to manage your way out of that. Yeah. Or well, and if you're an ads manager too, the other part that kind of stinks is you say, Hey, I got a 500 row. I was like, great. How much more money can we put into it? It's like, oh, nothing. <laughs> like, <that's> <laughs> <laughs> no, we're tapped we're, out. Yeah, we're tapped My out. work here is done. <laughs> I shall we cash have, my check now, please. <laughs> we've captured. Oh, yeah. So some extreme cases that we've actually seen this go really bad is we have a client that sells very, very expensive bulk items B2B, and they have a lot of returning traffic. The returning customers will come back and the first time order is like under hundred. The second order is like four grand. So what happened ends up happening on performance max was as soon as those people start to return, I would see spend spike during those times. So it would know that these people are going to make reorders 
and my spend would go from a thousand dollars a day to like three thousand dollars a day and i'd make like 20 grand and that would go dormant until the and then looking at the back end of Nordbeam, we saw that oh that's when the returning customers would come in so the row as soon as those guys are online google's like i'm going to melt your face right yeah and so any which way shape and form that they can take attribution for something which isn't bad but that's what it does that's what the system's trying to do so any which way shape and form we can take attribution for something it will and then it will start to show good roas and that's where people are just like well if roas is good everything's good to a degree yeah but is it scalable? Not really. When six, like that, that client we were saying, six out of 10 sales are returning. Okay. Were you going to get those? If you didn't go after them with Pmax, I don't know. We're going to find yeah. out. But yeah, that's, I can't scale it. So that's the good and bad is it will hunt. It will find everybody. It worked. It worked for a year and it still works well. Right now that cash is sitting in their bank. Did I overpay for about half of those a little bit? Probably. Yeah. And that's the bad part. So all that to be said is I think that's a learning lesson for Pmax. The good news is you don't have to really hound these people on email. Google will do it for you. <laughs> they'll find them and they'll make that's them so they'll make them come back. They'll find new. But the limitations from that is it's hard to scale. Sometimes you can pull back, you can pull back ad spend and just simply get a better ROAS. The sales will still come in because they're going to be coming in anyway. And that's some of the things that we kind of saw is we actually made a slight pullback. I said, hey, I'm just going to start to drop cost because I don't need to spend this much. So check this out. And here's where things get a little bit funny with Pmax. So week of January 23, I dropped cost here. It was, I think, yeah, right here. You'll see it was 1300 a day. I dropped it down to 700 a day. So I halved my ad spend. And that was on the 23rd. So I'll go to the 24th compared to the 24th to like the 11th and compared to the previous period. And what you'll see is because there is a lot of returning, you can't scale, but you don't have to spend as much. I spent 39% less and I made 64% more sales. 42% yeah. <laughs> down and 57% more sales. Well, that's kind of kind of weird. Like you shouldn't be able to do that with a campaign. And that's when... when well, we also have what a 29-day conversion lag too, right? Wouldn't that factor into this? Well, this is a, a little bit, yeah. This oh, is conversion, conversion value by, conversion by time. time. Yeah. I, I just can't get you. I just... <laughs> uh. <laughs> Yeah, the conversions here, this one right here, this is the conversions. So not by time. That went 2% down. Yeah. I, I took 42% of my cost out and I made 2% less sales. Why? Well, half of those are going to happen anyway. Bro, you know who you are? Hmm. You're, you're Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> <laughs> you remember Marissa yeah. Tomei and my cousin oh, yeah. Vinny? Yeah. Bro, just, just a killer. Just like could not be got. <laughs> yeah, <right>. It's got <laughs> posi, right? The, 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 the posi track in the rear end. <laughs> it's an impossible question. No, yeah. it's not possible to happen. <laughs> I love that movie. I gotta watch that movie again. <laughs> but that's that's what's kind of interesting. So, and in the in the in the areas where you can pull back and not lose sales, you're going to push ad spend and not make more. They're just gonna kind of do whatever it wants. So mm -hmm. that's the good news about Pmax is you can turn it on. It will find the customers. It will get them to buy. It'll get them to return. That's good enough for like eighty percent of our. Yeah, it really uh, is a good set it and forget it. It for is quite a few folks that are like, yeah. yeah, I actually want both of those things, and I'm not too worried about maximizing efficiency. I'd rather know I'm getting my return customers anyway. Great, go do it. Yeah, it, this is a fantastic campaign. If you're just like, hey, I want to sell whatever sells. I want my brand to be top placement. I want cold traffic. I want them to return. Yeah, I mean, it is a great, great, great tool for it. Just know you'll have a lot less control, and sometimes you'll overspend on it. Now, when you get up to the Areas where you're talking about like 50k a day, some clients were doing 50k a day for. 
that doesn't fly that because they're like, Hey, it's 50 grand. I need a cost per acquisition of a new customer under X. And so you can't do that. So that that's the area where I say it's good and bad, but for 80% of the advertisers out there, this is great. This is going to be amazing. You're, you're going to even make your repeat sales and you can, you can have a very healthy business for a long time. So yeah, that's kind of our structure that I say is it works the best. Well-diversified asset groups use your own audience as sparingly as you can. We only have, I think six out of 60 that use our data and that's by design. Um, it's not something that we uh, we have a whole bunch of people. I do want those people to return. That's why we did this. And it just got a little bit too much returning. But if you just go down here and then you'll see how it's it's not not using all of the our data. So sometimes it's not, not even hitting all best practices. We're just diversifying everything that we possibly could. So we just have everything repeated. So hoodies to all converters, hoodies to custom, hoodies to interest demo. Like you'll see it's all it's all diversified. But we found out that this model does work pretty well, well diversified. If I was to do this one over again, what I would probably do is stick just all of my converted or all of my signals into one big signal, like a really, really, really big signal without any sort of the my data. And I just replicate that with asset groups each time. That'd so be another hyper test. segmentation from a product perspective, no segmentation from a signal perspective. Yeah, just lump everything into one. That's what kind of seems to be doing. Yeah, you're basically just saying like, hey, What's the 10 broad match search terms? It's like, well, this one's only going to have one broad match search term. That one's going to have a different broad the match search term. Like, spent segmenting audiences too. You know, we used to say like, you take all your product categories and take all your audiences and then you multiply them. That's how many asset groups you get. And like that, if that segmentation was all worthless, like just blah. Well, there should never be a time. Google shouldn't do this. This is the bad part is there should never be a time where I have a like Grateful Dead golf shirt. I have five asset groups that match up to that. There's 44 here. What this is, Google's telling you, hey, this search term and these we search terms. We everything you told us. Right, and, uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, hey, you sell Grateful Dead products. Well, did you know that your Grateful Dead golf shirt and your Grateful Dead socks and your Grateful Dead hoodies and your Grateful Dead hats and your Grateful Dead shoes? That's why that matches. Well, basically oh. golf shirts. Right, right. It's a Grateful Dead golf shirt. We just ignored the golf shirt. They said Grateful Dead. That matches all your products. It's like, so it's so broad and so vague and so uncontrollable that, yeah, I would just stick every one of my signals into every single master group and then let the people sort it out. Like, click on the products you want. My search campaign. Let the people decide. (laughs) Choose your destiny. (laughs) It's like going back to like, you know, Zelda. It's like, choose your destiny. Like, where do you want to go? Like just, just pretty much just non-controllable. It's really what interesting. Two early '90s references we've had: Zelda and My Cousin Vinny. We're getting old. And we're talking crisis. about Grateful Dead. I mean, I have a midlife crisis right here on YouTube. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm going bald. You're going gray. Consumer is going to be disgruntled old men. It's like his whippersnappers don't know what it's like to have standard <laughs> shopping. In my day, you had to set your own manual bits, and you changed them daily. <laughs> you know this. Maximize conversion. I was maximizing my conversion. <laughs> and that was it. We did it. PMX. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for watching the Ultimate Guide to Google Ads Part 5. If you haven't already watched Parts 1, 2, 3, and 4, that probably means you can't count. Go back. <laughs> check those out. Part 6 is coming. It's more of a wrap everything up. Some of the little things on the the, the mortar to the bricks. How would yeah. you yeah, we're just going to kind of fill in some gaps. We did a lot. Um, we talked about like you know standard shopping, search, and 
did remarketing and YouTube and PMAX. And so we're going to kind of have a video just kind of like wraps everything up. Um, so I think that this one may have got you kind of all set off in an area where it's like, oh, new and returning now what? So we're just going to do like a little bit of a recap, basically how to structure a setup that is going to give you the most well-rounded growth. Stay tuned for that. In the meantime, yeah. peace. see you later. Thanks for listening to the Google Ads podcast. For more ways to grow your business with Google Ads, you can subscribe to the Solutions 8 YouTube channel. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. And if you'd like to work with the best Google Ads agency in the world, you can visit Solutions 8 at sol8.com. Kostum here. If you're running Google Ads, even if your campaigns are successful, my years of experience have taught me that there are almost always enormous improvement opportunities. Now, what if the best Google Ads agency in the world was willing to review your Google Ads campaigns for free and provide you with a comprehensive action plan, no cost or obligation? Notice, I didn't say audit or evaluation. I said action plan, a bullet point by bullet point breakdown of exactly what needs to be done to improve your Google Ads campaigns. Yours to keep, no cost or obligation. Head over to solate.com to get a free Google Ads action plan customized for your business. No strings attached. That's S-O-L-8.com. S-O-L, the number 8.com.